The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Welcome to Intuitive Connections, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Intuitive Connection. I'm happy to be here today because I get to do another intuitive reading with our guest, Sue. Hi, Sue. Hi, how are you? I'm awesome. How are you? Are you ready for this? I am. Very good. All right. Now I know that when, you know, we first talked and I selected you for this amazing opportunity, you probably told me what you want to guidance on, but my left brain doesn't really play nicely with my my intuition. So I don't remember anything. Can you tell me and the listeners today uh, what you'd like guidance on? Absolutely. I would love to receive guidance and clarity for how to live more fully from my heart space and my full radiant self and be less guarded and more open. Oh, what a beautiful question. I love that question. Oh my goodness. I have to feel into that. And that's one of those questions too. Ah, That's probably relevant to you personally, which is why you're getting a reading, but definitely I'm sure a lot of other people in general have that question too. We could do a whole episode on that. All right, so I'm going to tune into your energy again, my friend, and I'm going to see what wants to come through. You know, I think that you've had a little bit of a rough road in your life, and I also think that you're not a pity me kind of person. So, you know, some people, how do I say this? I'm going to say it in the nicest way possible. Their trauma becomes their drama, you know? Oh, I love that. That just came through. But <laughs> their trauma becomes their drama. And, you know, they they start to really like the drama. And I don't think that's who you are. I think you're sort of anti that. You're sort of like, you don't want to be that person. So you kind of go in the other direction where, you know, you push those vulnerable parts of yourself away because you don't want to be dramatic and you don't want to be needy and you don't want to be playing the victim and you don't want to have needs at all, but you do. Does that resonate so far? Fully. Okay. Yeah. You can't see her, but her head is nodding. And so your question makes perfect sense, of course, because that being guarded is, you know, if you don't feel safe with yourself, you don't feel safe with the world, right? And so for you, I think those first steps are around getting comfortable with all of the parts of who you are and all of the different stuff that comes up. Now, as I say this, I see about a thousand alarm bells go off. So you can do this gently, (laughs) You don't have to walk out tomorrow and and you can do it internally too, because the most important relationship, my friend, is the one that you have with yourself. And once you get that one, you know, under control and and really, you know, start to forge a new and safe and loving and better relationship with you, everything else usually takes care of itself. 
right? But we often in this world, like we do everything, we, we do everything backwards the other way around. We try to solve the problem out there and there's no problem to be solved anyway. But like when we try to solve the problem out there, we're, we're doing it backwards. When we start to awaken within us, like I said, you know, before we hit record, all of the resources, all of the knowing, all of the wisdom, all of the love that we have within us. And we change our relationship with that and we start to allow that to flow, to be, we celebrate that. That's when things in the outside world start to shift and change for us. So that's really what you're longing to do. When I tune into your energy and I feel your heart area, it feels cold. You're not cold. I think you're actually a very loving person, which is the reason you guard it so tightly. But it's very hard for you to access your love for you. Does that make sense? Fully and completely. Yeah. I think you are a pretty non-judgmental person. I think there are certain things that definitely get your hackles up. They get your hackles up quick. And if someone gets your hackles up quick, your response is probably just to cut them off. My guess is you probably don't swear or complain very, I mean, we all do it sometimes, but like, it's not, it's again, I, I think you don't want to express your trauma as drama. So you will quickly cut it off, but, um, you will cut people out of your life if they ruffle your feathers in a certain manner. Does that make sense? Yes. And I'm not sure that's the wrong thing to do. The first thing I will tell you is, yeah, we all have these trauma responses, these knee-jerk responses where we do things kind of unconsciously to protect parts of ourselves that are still hurting. Okay? And again, the more we're able to tend to the parts of ourselves that are still hurting and give them all the love and care and attention and acknowledgement acknowledgement's important, that they deserve and desire, the more we heal. That's a lot of what healing really is. And healing, again, I want to say this for listeners, it's not about fixing a part of you that's broken because nothing's broken. It's about reconnecting with those essential parts of yourself so they can come back to the table and we can be more fully and completely who we really are. That's what healing is, okay? And that's what you're asking for. So it's so perfect. But it's also the case that all of these things are protective mechanisms. And I believe some of the people that you do edit out of your life rather quickly, you're doing so for not such a bad purpose, but you think that you're being mean or judgmental. And so I want to stop because we want to work on the knee-jerk reaction for sure, because a knee-jerk reaction can sometimes edit out things that we might desire. But I don't actually think that's what's happening so much with you. I think you are very wise about what kind of energy you want to let into your space based on experiences that you've had in the past. And again, you're nodding. So this resonates. Definitely. And information that I'm receiving right now is that's a positive thing. And the element that might need some shifting or that I might desire to shift is allowing more people in because I do have the skills to take care of myself. So to open up the filter a little wider initially and trust that I can protect myself and I do have the skills to understand what safe boundaries are. Oh, I love that. I love it when people get their own answers and I don't even have to talk. Yeah, a million percent, a million percent. And the other thing that the guys wanted to say, and I want to get back to exactly what you said too, but the, the other thing they want to say is, remember, it's not judging another person to put them in the waiting room. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, and I like the waiting room because the waiting room is a place where people wait and you know you can get to know them out there before you let them into the inner room 
right? And that's okay. That's fine. That's what most people do. Most people don't let everyone into their heart on the first try. Some of us big open-hearted people, you know, we try to love everybody like all at once right away, but it's too much. It's too much. So it's really fine to put people in the waiting room, figure them out. And you already know this, but I'm going to say it again, just so you can hear it again. Um, you know, we have different kinds of relationships. So there are people that you're never going to let into the inner circle that are perfectly fine to be in your world. Because as you said before, you have the capability to care for yourself and set appropriate boundaries, right? You have that capability and you'll keep checking in with that capability. And when you find those people, it's the ones that don't respect the boundaries, the ones that are always pushing, the ones that are always trying to sneak in under the crack in the door. You know, those people are the ones that you have to say, you're not welcome in the waiting room anymore. But most people aren't like that. You know, that's actually a very small percentage of the world. But those of us that, you know, were raised by those kinds of people, right? Like you don't trust your boundaries. And many of us were raised to not even to have boundaries. I feel like you've been boundaried right out of the gate. Yes. Because of the drama in your family of origin, which had many different players and everyone was sort of playing with it in their own way. And you made a decision early on, again, this idea of my trauma is not going to be my drama. I don't think you saw it that way at the time, but but there were a lot of people like that in your family of origin. And there was a lot of conflict and a lot of chaos. And I think you learned to be the one that just was a turtle. And a turtle was a good place to be. And you were a turtle because you were so tender and gentle and you have such a big heart. And I really think that you, but you tell me if I'm wrong, will sometimes conflate that boundary setting with judgment. Yes. And at a very young age, mixed up boundaries with love. Yeah. And the the sense that boundaries would stop love. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something you were taught, my friend. Absolutely. Right. And again, when we have caregivers that don't have good boundaries, that they're narcissistic or they're confused, and there's all sorts of reasons why people don't have good boundaries, right? We learn that. We learn that if I put up a wall, it all stops. And sometimes it does because we put up that wall and then we're told, stop doing that, right? You're not being loving by setting that boundary. Yeah. I think for my personal situation, it was such a young age that there was no real cognition. Yeah. That it was just let me do what I need to do to survive and receive love. Yeah. And it's not happening in the way I anticipate it and expect it. So let me navigate what's being handed to me in life and make it work now. And many decades later in life. Right. <laughs> getting to choose. Yes. What what do I choose now? Yeah. And that's so beautiful. And that shows so much awareness. And, you know, that's a big part of, of the piece that I, you know, in my work and, and in lots of people's work, like therapy and counseling and coaching, we're all helping people to get where you already are. So you are there, my friend. And now it's just about repatterning and reprogramming and just, you know, noticing when those knee-jerk responses come up and telling yourself a different story. And something else that you said that I love is that you recognize that these things served a purpose, right? You understand that there's nothing wrong with these behaviors. There's nothing wrong with the way that I've learned to navigate life. That made the most sense then. And I honor that. It just doesn't make the most sense now. Thank you. And thank you for saying that. I needed to hear that. Well, it's huge awareness. It's huge awareness that you know that. And I love your process. 
those of you who are listening, I can see, but what she's doing right now is she's tuning in and hearing her guidance throughout this session. And it's really, really powerful. And um, I'm going to digress for just a minute, if that's okay. <laughs> there is a wonderful technique or what you would call it in psychotherapy called focusing. And it was developed years ago by Eugene Gendelin. And the idea was he was looking at people in therapy. And back then therapy was person-centered therapy. So it was it was kind of like what I like to think that I do when I when I wear my therapist hat. It was tuning into people. It was reflecting back what they were feeling. And some people would get better and some people wouldn't. And he watched video after video after video after video of people in this form of therapy to see if he could figure out, well, why were some people getting better and why were others not? And what he discovered was exactly what this lady right here is doing, that people that got better in therapy were the ones that sort of tuned in and they felt into what the therapist was saying. And, you know, they they kind of, what he called it focusing, but they tuned in and they listened, I'm going to use my own words now, to their own inner guidance. And um, I just think that you're you're modeling that so beautifully for our listeners and it's such an important thing. And when I talk about tapping into your intuition, a lot of times that's what I mean. It's that inner listening. It's that moment when you try something on and you see if it resonates, if you see if it fits. And I just wanted to say that you are doing that quite beautifully, Sue. Thank you. You're very welcome. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. So are there specific people, situations in your life that this is relevant to right now? Is this a general thing or are there specifics? Because the guides are pointing me towards some specific examples. So I will say, and I'm happy to share this, it did start with my relationship with my mom as a very foundational relationship in life that everybody has with their primary caregiver, whomever that is for them. Yep. And because of that, it has definitely impacted, I would think, almost all of my relationships moving forward. Up until now. Yes. Yeah. And is your mom living or deceased? Yes. No, she is alive. Okay. So she is a powerhouse. Yeah. She is a strong personality, strong-willed person, and she is someone that has little to no comprehension that anyone else on the planet exists independently of her, of her whims and needs. Okay. I just, you know, I, I, I'm guessing that she could be mean spirited, but what I see more than anything else is not that what mm-hmm. I see is just obliviousness, just absolutely ob- obliviousness. I remember, you know, my grandma who's someone I really love. So Graham, <laughs> you know, I'm not calling you out in a in a, a super bad way. And of course, you love your mom too. So that's that's a silly thing to say. Of course, you love her and understand her. But anyway, I remember when I was a kid and my grandma would um, make me a bath. And I would always put my little toe in and be like, Grandma, it's too hot. And then she'd put her hand in and go, no, it's not. And I remember always thinking, but it's too hot for me, <laughs> right? And you know, in those moments, she was failing to understand that 
her sense of what's too hot and my sense of what's too hot were two different things. And I think, you know, that's part of your mom. Like she can't differentiate between uh, what's good for her and what's good for anybody else. If it's good for her, it's good for you. And, you know, if it's good for her and it's not good for you, like that's not something that she would understand. Fully, 100%. And the other piece that's coming through, well, I guess two pieces. One is it's definitely her actions are through self-protection and obliviousness to others. I mean, that's a hundred percent. It's not ill spirit or, or any kind of intentionally negative direction. And the other piece that's, I'm feeling really strongly right now, which I've delved into a little bit, it's there. There's a lot of her that I see in me, uh, not only in our physical similarities, we look a lot alike and a lot like her mom as well. Yes. And just rejecting a lot of pieces of her, even though they're parts of me. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. First of all, her mom was more narcissistic in the typical sense. Her mom could be mean. Okay. Really, really, really mean. And um, they probably were close and they probably had this whole like mom partners in crime thing going on. Like I just see them as more like friends that, I mean, but maybe later in life, whatever. But like as a child, your grandmother was mean to your mother differently than your mother was to you. Does that resonate? It makes sense. I yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that your mom recognizes it. I don't, I think that's shut off and it's not going to open up and I'm going to step out of that energy because it's a little bit, <laughs> it's a little bit shaky. The guides say you're nothing like your mom actually at all. You may look like her, you may have similar mannerisms, but you are very different and you're different in the way in which you've always had way more awareness than your mom has. And, you know, some of us are just born with more awareness than others. And it's not that one's better than the other. It's just you know, it's apples to oranges. It's where we choose to join the matrix, you know, like what perspective we take, how much energy we choose to bring in. And then some people also like the idea of old soul, young soul, however you want to talk about it, it doesn't matter to me. Um, and it's not a hierarchy. Some beings simply have more awareness than others. And when you are born with more awareness into a family that has less awareness, it can be very confusing because the caregivers are the ones that are making the rules and yet you know more, right? And that can be very destabilizing and confusing. Plus, those of us often who have more awareness also have more open hearts, right? Because we haven't shut it down yet. We understand. We, we can do that perspective taking. We can understand this person is hurting me because they're hurting. And then the natural tendency is to want to go fix their hurting so they stop hurting you, you see? And this is where the problem lies and this is where the boundaries get messy and this is where we want to just get all people out of our lives because we're sick of fixing them all, <laughs> right? We don't want to carry anybody else and we certainly don't want to get hurt anymore because it's based on that false belief that we have anything to do with anybody else's stuff. And it's a beautiful thing to be able to recognize why someone is doing what they're doing because that lets you have compassion for them. And, and that's a nice thing to have, right? You're not going to blame. You're not going to shame. You're going to understand why. But that compassion for the other person, number one, is not an excuse for not caring for how you feel. 
right? Because how you feel really and truly matters. And when someone is unkind to you or disregards your needs or doesn't give you what you want early out of the gate, even if you understand why they did it, even if you understand completely that, you know, they didn't know any better and they did the best they can do, you still need to tend to the feelings that your inner child and your child had and let that child know that they're heard, that they're seen, that they're loved by you. Does that make sense? Yes. That was a lot coming in and percolating. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. But so the first piece is about tending to the parts of yourself that, you know, because sometimes when we have this great understanding of others, we forget ourselves. For example, you know, somebody is in the grocery store and they plow into you with their cart and you get a big bruise on your leg and it hurts like a Dickens. And then you see, you know, that this lady has got 12 kids and they're all having a temper tantrum and, you know, maybe she's bleeding. I don't know. I'm just trying to make her seem real. Like she's got a lot on her plate, like poor thing. Like, of course she bumped into you. She wasn't recklessness. It was just life you know, but you're still going to be annoyed. It's annoying. It hurts. Right. And so you don't talk over the hurt just because you recognize why it happened. And sometimes we're angry. Sometimes we're really angry for a minute because anger is just a sign that a boundary has been crossed. Right. And we have to feel our own anger and let it be there. It does not mean that we have to blame the other person, shame the other person or do anything other than acknowledge, oh, of course I'd be mad. This wasn't okay how I was treated wasn't okay. And so my anger is normal. It's natural. And as I say this, and as I see the beautiful look on your face, as I say this, and I see that it's landing, I would also say that sometimes our parents tell us it's not okay to be angry with them. Just like my grandma would say that water's not hot to me. (laughs) So it shouldn't be hot to you, right? I don't think I did anything wrong. So you shouldn't be angry at me right? But that's not fair. That's not fair. So your inner child needs to know it's safe to be angry. It's safe to have all the feelings that she has and that some of that anger probably wants to move in safe and healthy ways. I think she just wants a hug, a lot of hugs. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And then I have a gift of Claire audience. And part of that is receiving sound lyrics in full, full sound the lyric itself with the music, with everything. And I know that it's a message of something that I need to hear in whatever moment that is. And I believe it's R.E.M., not totally sure of the group and the singer, but it's the lyric that everybody hurts. And just, it's okay. Yeah. You know, and to acknowledge my feelings and my needs not just being present for others. Bingo. Yes. And I love that song for you. Play that song for you and use it as a time not to marinate in the hurt, but to honor that it gets to be there. And again, your feelings are not your drama. Your feelings are just yours to have and to own and to love. That's what they're there for. So I think that's beautiful. I love your guides and how they speak to you through songs. That's beautiful. They couldn't have picked a better one. The other piece that comes through, Sue, if you're ready to keep going, is that, you know, and you're an empath too, and you're an empath who's got big walls up because you've been emotionally overwhelmed early on. But again, this whole idea of protection and I have to protect. And again, I'm I'm not against the word protection. It can mean lots of different things. You know, if it's pouring rain, you, you put up the umbrella, it does stop the rain from making you wet. 
you know, but oftentimes, sometimes protection becomes fear-based. It becomes this idea that we have to have this prickly area around us to keep ourselves safe. And then we get lost. You know, we get lost in the fear rather than the understanding that protection is simply setting a boundary. It's simply standing up for ourselves. And more importantly, it's simply acknowledging that we have whatever we need within us to care for ourselves, to care through ourselves, through everything. And sometimes caring for yourself is putting up the umbrella. Sometimes caring for yourself is not putting up the umbrella and then coming home and, you know, sitting in front of a warm fire, right? But you don't have to do it from fear of if I go out there in the rain, I'm going to disintegrate. Yes. Right. But the other piece that they were saying, um, although that was pretty good too. So thanks, guides, for <laughs> redirecting me there. Um, but the other thing that, and I want to just check to see if it still wants to come through and I get a yes, is, you know, sometimes too, when we're empaths and we have this higher awareness and we understand what, what makes other people tick. And I alluded to this before, we try to solve the problem by fixing it with them, within them, for them. And we often make excuses for people that we would never make for ourselves. And I think that you do that. I think you make excuses for a lot of people. You let them in and then, you know, they let you down. You blame yourself. Does that sound like a cycle? And then you shut it down the next time. Yes. Yeah. So you don't have to make excuses. You can understand why somebody does what they do, but if you don't like it, it's not okay. It's not okay. And again, it's not selfish to set up a boundary. It's not judgmental to set up a boundary. And if you occasionally set up a boundary that's a little too far out, that's just you learning to set boundaries at all. It's not the same thing as I'm a turtle and I'm never coming out of the shell. You know, and and turtles are amazing creatures. So, you know, there's actually nothing wrong with being a turtle. I love turtles. So I this has really been interesting about the whole symbolism of a turtle. Okay, lay it on. So my mom's father had a turtle collection, not real, but just everywhere he would travel, he would buy turtles and have them of all different material. And I actually have some of his in my office, which is where I'm sitting right now, with his phrase that he had just put on a piece of paper and written up with the collection. And it says, behold the turtle. He makes progress only when he sticks his neck out. Wow. 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 But I'm going to talk to you about that in a minute. But, and by the way, friends, I cannot see her turtle collection. Okay. (laughs) That's amazing. I love the guides. So that was his philosophy around being a turtle. Yeah. And he is someone who was, I'll just put it, emotionally volatile. I know. I know. Because what I'm saying is you stick your head out and I'm going to chop it off is what I get. Yeah. You know, his motto was really great for encouraging other people to come out so he could clomp them. Yeah. And in a different sense, he has also been, since he has passed a couple decades ago now, more recently in my entrepreneurial journey, he was a very successful uh, venture capitalist. I know. And has been an amazing business resource for me. Yes. He was brilliant, brilliant, charismatic, brilliant. I mean, absolutely, completely brilliant. He's telling me that he was one of those people where, you know, some people when they choose to incarnate, they're like kind of every part of their self is on an even keel. 
you know, like so professional, work, emotional. What he's saying is, you know, he was more complicated. He was more complicated. And like he used certain parts of his personality to drive other parts of his personality. He's like, he's telling me I was a very interesting fellow. (laughs) (laughs) He was a very interesting fellow, very nuanced. Um, I'm trying to find the phrase that he's using. I can't get it. It's mean as a something, something horse. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't hear the whole thing, but like, well, I'm not going to use that word on my show, my friend. <laughs> He's like, I wasn't a nice guy. I wasn't a nice man. Very narcissistic. Very, 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 very narcissistic. And very, very, like he knew where and how to deliver the blow. But also, yeah, like what he's saying is my credo, it worked for me. But then, you know, for other people, it was just for me to lure them out so I could whack them. But yeah, he is totally supporting you from the other side. One of his strengths was he took great joy and pleasure in life. He was really fun. He was really, you know, uh, gregarious. He was really uh, charismatic. You know, he would light up a room. And, you know, he's telling me that you have that energy in you and you're probably afraid of it, but it's something that you'd like to express more, just being more comfortable. Like he was, he's saying like his ego, and it wasn't even just his ego. This is a bad example, but his self-confidence where he had self-confidence and you have, you know, allowed him to be really, really comfortable with himself. And, you know, for him, he said it was mostly bravado. Like he was very calculated. He knew how to play. He knew how to get people in and he loved to be the center of attention. For you, it's something different. Um, But I do think that you'd like to awaken some of that charisma in yourself, some of that peace. And don't be afraid because he's like, he's telling me there's not a bad bone in this one's body. Like she's not, you're not someone who's ever going to, you wouldn't take pleasure in hurting someone else. It's not in your wiring and it's not in your DNA. You know, both the guides and your grandfather are using the word DNA for you to understand that part of the gene did not cross over. So I feel something shifts in you and I say it, you're probably trying to protect against it. You know, sometimes when we're around those people, we go out of our way to be the other way around, but they say you could have never gone that way or you would have. When you're raised by a narcissistic person, you know, grandparent, parent, whatever the heck it is, you know, people tend to go one of two ways. They tend to become narcissists themselves or they tend to go the other direction, okay? And that has mostly to do with what you bring into the world when you come into the world and how you orient with what's happening, okay? So if you're not a narcissist now, then you never have been and never will be in this body. You're you're safe. <laughs> Thank you. That. That just makes a lot of logical sense and it feels it feels true in my body as well. My grandfather was someone who, as you said, was hugely charismatic, almost always the center of attention, big energy, and would tell stories that were very loosely related to <laughs> everybody's truth very strong fabrications and usually felt like they were coming from a place of manipulation. He says they were always coming from a place of manipulation. And he's also showing me, watch what happened if I wasn't the center of attention, because that was the center of his world. If for a minute, anyone else got attention, God helped that person. So again, that talks to me about you right? You're going to, again, want to turtle up on that one. You don't want to, you don't want to take attention away from someone who's going to chop your head off if you even poke out a little bit. Yes. That makes so much sense. Yeah. 
So I'm going to let you process if there's anything else you want to say, and then I'm going to see what else the guides say to kind of wrap things up. I think you've done amazing work today. Um, I know a lot of this you already know. And your grandfather's telling me too, he's here as an ally, but he also wants you to be aware of there's still some kind of sticky energy in your family around his legacy. So there'll be times when you connect with that instead of his true spirit. And so differentiate. If it feels like a heavier energy, right? That's sort of the legacy part that's still getting worked out. You know, if it feels like the biggest, bestest cheerleader you could ever have, or even just his brilliance, because he says you can borrow his brilliance anytime. That's the good stuff to work on. But he's telling me because he caused so much damage in this lifetime, there's a part of him that's still actively sort of, there's still some mess to be cleaned up on our side of the equation. So you don't want to walk into that. Does that make sense? Fully. Okay. But his higher self is is somewhat active and there. And again, he's your biggest cheerleader business-wise. And he says like, sometimes if you feel like wisdom's come through or he's made things happen, it's because he has. But more than that, you know, he had guidance as well, you know? And so you can tap into that too, right? That makes so much sense. Yeah. You know, narcissistic people, I sometimes think are some of our most psychic friends. You know, sometimes they don't use it for good, but they tap into that. But we all have guidance, right? We all have places in our life where it's flowing and we're listening and it's it's coming to us. And again, for him, certain aspects of his life were so important for him. And it was designed that way, making money, being well-known, being well-established, being well-respected, being the top of his game were the only thing that mattered to him. And so he was very good about, you know, marshalling every resource towards that end. And um, he's telling me he was, he was totally psychic. He totally knew lots of things and he didn't question it, care about it. He prized his intellect. So he would call it his genius, his zone of genius, his brilliantness, because that was sort of what, you know, he hung on to, but it was a hundred percent, you know, and he could read people. He he did all sorts of crazy stuff. Yes, he did. All right. Letting his energy go. As we start to wrap up, is there anything that we didn't get to or any thoughts that you have about what came through today? Just getting a very strong message that I am here to really shift and change my lineage and to be the strong woman using all of the best influences from everybody who's come before me. I love everything about that, except I want you to be cautious and be aware. Cautious is the wrong word. I want you to be, what's the better word? Mindful, mindful and discerning around when we talk about healing the lineage. Remember what you're really here to do is you. hundred <laughs> percent. What you want to do, what resonates for you. And again, you know, we all create the circumstances, you know, from which we emerge and grow and shift and transform. And oftentimes that is our lineage, right? That plays into it. And it is also true that when we shift and grow and change, we do have ripple effects through everything that's connected to us, which is everything. Um, But starting, you know, more closely at the things that are more closely connected to us, which is often our family lineage. So you cannot help but impact that whole family line when you transform. It's a beautiful thing. 
but you have to do it from the center being what, what excites you? What matters to you? What do you care about? What you want to do? What inspires you? And you do it for you. Because if not, again, we're going back to solving the problem in a place that you don't have control. You don't have control. You don't have the word that guides use is authorization, right? You don't have authorization to make changes in anyone's space but your own. So just remind yourself to keep coming back there. And don't look at your family lineage as a burden that you need to heal. Look at it as a catalyst and a curriculum that has informed your, your life, your choices, and is, is really the curriculum and catalyst for your own life and your own growth and your own becoming and your own blossoming and your own launching into amazing things because I see amazing things for you in the now and probably moving forward too. Thank you. Definitely moving forward too, but I just wanted to keep us focused in the now. Does that make sense? Yes. Very, very, very cool. All right. I'm going to see if any last words come up before we wrap up. This one is kind of long, but it's all good. Yeah. No, your guide is just say, keep doing what you're doing. Keep listening, keep tuning in. And that your biggest thing that they would like you to do in 2023 is believe in yourself, believe in yourself and watch that voice in your head that diminishes you. And, you know, when we hear that little voice and yours is so sneaky and so quiet, it's not, it's not one of those loud. It's so, so sneaky. But when, when you catch her in action, just give her a big old hug. Remember, oh, you're just trying to, you're trying to, you know, protect me. The turtle feels safer in that shell and that's okay. I can, you know, have the shell as long as I want. And the guides say you can even keep making the shell bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until it becomes irrelevant, you know, or you can shape shift it, can make it bigger, smaller, bigger, smaller. I love that image about how we can, you know, use our boundaries appropriately in different situations. But they just want you to know that, you know, believe in yourself, believe in your abilities, keep reminding yourself that you're safe, that you're protected, that you're loved. And most importantly, that you're your own greatest champion. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I think that wraps it up for today. I feel like we could keep going with this one forever. It was such an honor to do this reading with you, Sue, and have you be so involved and and share with listeners how you hear your own guidance. I think that's really, really beautiful. And thank you for that. And thank you for sharing that with everybody. And for everybody listening in, remember, we learn from each other's stories, but we're all different. We're all different. So I always encourage you to take away what resonates in Sue's story today and, you know, let the rest go, let the rest go. But I have a feeling a lot is going to resonate for a lot of people. So thank you so much for offering to do this and to share with our listeners today. It was a gift to me and I know it's a gift to them as well. I want to thank everybody as always for tuning in. If you would like a reading, you can go to my website, victoriashawintuitive.com and see all the options for getting a reading with yours truly. And if you're enjoying this podcast and you're looking for a place to really expand on the themes and the information that we cover in the show, get a little bit more opportunity to interact with me, interact with other listeners and get some group guidance from me and the guides and your guides as well, you might want to hop on over and join us in the brand new Intuitive Connection Premier Community Group. This is a monthly membership group for a very small fee where we will meet twice a month for beautiful, beautiful, beautiful sessions where we will share and expand on some of the topics that are covered in the podcast, such as how to connect with your intuition, how to connect with your spirit guides, how to live a 
more divinely inspired life, live according to your purpose, and of course, how to be a magnificent manifester. So all of that good stuff over in the Intuitive Connection Premier Community. But more than that, you will also get the opportunity to receive individualized feedback in a group setting from me and the guides. So if that is something that speaks to you and you're looking to take your enlightenment and personal growth journey and spiritual journey to the next level, join us over there in the Intuitive Connection Premier Community. We're going to be meeting twice a month. It's an amazing group of people already coming together. So lots of opportunities for growth, for connection, for community, and of course, for more intuitive guidance because you too have all of your answers inside of you. And sometimes we just need that little nudge so we can align with our higher selves and live our best and brightest lives. This speaks to you, please go to Victoria Shaw Intuitive. Look under courses and you will find the link right there. And for a limited time only, if you're listening to this in the time that this applies, I'm offering a discount for our first inaugural members. So give it a try. Use the code inaugural23 and you will get a special discount. All right. I hope that you will join us there. And even if you do not, I am so grateful to you for being a listener of the show and for letting me do what I love to do. And namaste. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you found joy, strength, inspiration, and clarity from today's episode. If you'd like to learn more and connect with an amazing group of like-minded souls, please join us over on Facebook in the Intuitive Connection Community Facebook group, where we explore these topics in deeper detail, have additional live teachings, and host Facebook Lives with our amazing guests. I hope to see you there. And of course, if you want to learn more about me or the work that I do, please check out my webpage, victoriashawintuitive.com. Thank you so much again, and namaste. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation Podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.